0: MG here and I'm starting this podcast a bit differently because it feels a little bit weird to start a podcast about a silent retreat with me singing, if I'm honest. So I promise not to sit here in silence, but if I am true about my experience There's nothing that I can say to tell you about my experience that will actually give you any idea of my experience. I'm going to share in the words that I can share about it, but I want to preface this with the fact that there are no words. You can probably Just tell by listening to me, especially if you're listening to this quickly after listening to a previous podcast, that my energy is different. I'm still MG. I'm still me. I think I'm just more me. And I'm more able now, post-retreat, to recognize the importance of slowing down, the importance of stopping in order to be unstoppable and I guess I want to share what I can in this episode about my journey in the silent retreat the experience that I had but I also want to encourage you if it's something that you're interested in to take that leap there are silent retreats happening all over the world and It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I didn't feel like it was something I could do when my kids were really young. They're four and six now. They still did struggle with mummy going away for four nights. So did my husband. (laughs) But prior to this, I didn't feel like I could take that leap and be away uncontactable for that length of time. On my return, I would actually love to have been there for longer. I did not expect that, that's for sure. So I wanted at the beginning for it to be over and then at the end I wanted it to keep going, which was really weird. Uh, And I can definitely see how staying for a seven or 10-day silent retreat would be beneficial. Just stopping to have a drink of water. Look, I'm realizing so much now getting back into the real world, how often we busy ourselves with distraction. It's become really easy to slip back into old habits, aka phone habits. I know you hear me. (laughs) And I have a new awareness of that now. I feel like going on a silent retreat even if it is just for four days on a regular basis, is going to be a really helpful way to reset that. One of the things I said to my six-year-old yesterday when I noticed that I was on my phone around her and it's one of the promises I've made to myself coming back was that I would let that go. I said to her, if you see mummy on her phone when I'm around you, I want you to tell me. Because sometimes it's so unconscious, I don't even know I'm doing it. My kids know, right, and I want her to pick me up on that and I will deal with those feelings of guilt because it's not up to her, but, it, you know, if she notices it, I want her to point it out to me and I'm telling her I'm here to be better, you know, and for me that's role modelling, that we're all human, we all mess up, we make mistakes, but we can always strive to be better and take accountability for our actions and our emotions as well. So anyway, for those of you who don't know the retreat that I went on, it's with a organization called Functional Spirituality run by an incredible woman called Ava, and they come down from Perth to Denmark. Denmark is like a 40 minute drive from my house. It's a beautiful spot in the forest. It's one of the most amazing parts of Western Australia. I'm very fortunate to live in this area. And they run them three times a year-ish, I guess depending on what's happening in the world. And I've been, I'd had my eyes on it for a while and when this four-day retreat came up, particularly in the timing straight after such a huge launch, I mean just notice the difference between my last podcast episode and this one. It's quite intense, isn't it? That, that diversity or well, that polarity is probably a better word. So I've been having my eyes on these retreats. And then when it came up for these dates, I was like, oh my gosh, this is meant to be. And it really could not have come at a better time. So really grateful that I had the opportunity to go and that my husband was like, yes, just do it. And I think he thought he was gonna have heaps of fun, but actually (laughs) he had quite a bit of struggle in the process. But at the same time, I was struggling away, battling my mind. Uh, my body, my everything while I was away on this retreat. So how it started on a Friday night was turning up, finding your spot in the A-frame, which is the hall where we did all our yoga and meditation over the four nights. And that was going to be our spot for the rest of the retreat. We then went and found our accommodation and my accommodation was about a five to eight minute walk. The reason for the difference is because it was up a hill. So walking down, it was five minutes. Walking up, it was eight minutes. So I did a lot of walking, about eight kilometers, eight to 10 kilometers a day while I was there. And when we got there, we weren't silent, which was awesome because I was quite nervous about rocking up and being silent (laughs) We got to talk for the first few hours. um, So I did chat to a few people before we got started and get to know a couple of the people I would be roommates with for the four nights. And my friend Heidi, Heidi Anderson, who I've had um, in the Empowering Entrepreneurs Summit, and I do talk about, uh, she came down as well from Perth. So met up with her, had an opportunity to have like a very quick catch up, quick swim in the Wilson Inlet, which was beautiful. And then we went into the A-frame and the silence started. I felt really irritated the first 24 hours. It was hot so if you know Western Australia you'll know that down the bottom here Denmark Albany it's not very warm I mean for me from New Zealand I feel like it's just quite a good temperature but when it gets over 30 down here we're like oh god (laughs) and the temperature got to 36 or 38 degrees on that Friday and then the same on the Saturday and it was intense as I was driving into Denmark to go to this retreat. I actually got stopped by the police because there was a bushfire in the bush just out of Denmark. And so they wanted to check where I was going, that I wasn't going to be driving into a bushfire fire. And I wasn't at that point in time, but it was hot and it was windy. So it was really not ideal conditions um, for fighting a fire. And we noticed on Saturday that there was a lot of smoke. There was a lot of uh, planes, you know, water bombers, helicopters, and it was hot, which made it very hard to sleep the night before. I was irritated because we were staying in these beautiful huts, but you know, built in 1975 when there was no, <laughs> no forethought for this kind of thing or just not the resources for managing insulation. No fan, no air conditioning, um, sleeping upstairs at the top of a hill it was like a sauna. So hardly slept, hot, anxious because of being unsure about what was happening with the fires. And yeah, I literally just spent that first day super irritated up in my head. The thing that gave me resolve from that in meditation was escaping. And I didn't realize it at the time. I just thought I was going into this meditation and I was experiencing this bliss. I was like, oh, this is blissful. I'm like, escaping to this waterfall and I'm in this other place and it wasn't until Sunday that I realized I'd spent Saturday just trying to escape and even though when I was in those blissful states imagining that I was somewhere else I was imagining that I was somewhere else and I wasn't present and I think that's what a lot of us experience in this day and age is the constant rush the constant thinking about what's next the constant goals driven smashing it and We forget to be right here and now. And I talk about it in my book, how I I do have a tendency to want to just escape. And that's exactly what I was doing my meditations. And it wasn't until I had that realization that I went, huh, I am just fully bypassing the shit that I know that I need to sit in. So that was interesting. Now, the way the day was set up was we got up and started at 7 o'clock in the morning with yoga and meditation. We had uh, food for breakfast at about 9 o'clock, more meditation and yoga. Then from 12 after lunch till 4, it was just kind of free time. Free time, in my experience, you know, way back in the day of school camps and all that kind of thing, you'd be like... Has all these fun things to do, but free time at a silent retreat involves nothing. And the nothingness was so hard. <laughs> it was actually harder than the silence. The nothingness was so much harder. So there was no reading, just journaling. Uh, we could go for walks. So I did, we're right on the Biblimon track and it was, it's on a beautiful property which had really nice walks as well. Did that a lot. So yeah, like I said, I got up to eight K's of walking, despite sitting on a mat for (laughs) eight hours a day as well. Um, And so that was hard, just sitting with your thoughts. We weren't really meant to make eye contact or communicate in any way with other people. So it was literally just with yourself and trying to be present, trying to be there, trying not to be irritated. And it was Extremely hard. Extremely hard. In the moment, it felt like forever. Those four hours between 12 and 4 felt like forever. On reflection, it doesn't feel like it was that long, but you know how there's that interesting way we view time. Is in the time, it feels like it's dragging, but on reflection, it feels like it went so fast, and it was very much a extreme version of that, this whole experience. So I spent a lot of time journaling, even if the things in my journal didn't make sense. I just let it come out, went for beautiful walks in the bush, noticed the birds. I actually found I didn't get bored when I was walking. Uh, I usually walk listening to a podcast or music, but obviously I didn't have that and found that really amazing that I could just, tune into my surroundings and have a really good time like i I felt on a high at some points I uh, found these rocks these beautiful big rocks in the bush and they were in a circle shape I was like have I literally just dropped into that what's that series Outlander where like they go through the stones into the past <laughs> and I walked up to the rock and I put my hand on the rock and I was feeling the energy of the rock honestly it sounds like this crazy experience but It just felt so natural. I had a lot of um, downtime where I thought I should be feeling or thinking something and I wasn't. And then I was questioning myself. I realized in that as well how often, how much energy went into thinking about what other people were thinking of me. Because despite the fact that we weren't engaging with anyone, we were around other people. And so there was a lot of that in a dialogue and I realized how much energy my thoughts go into that. And I journaled a lot about that as well. If you know human design, I have got the channel of judgment in my human design. So a lot of my energy goes into worrying about what other people are thinking about me. And I know that it probably doesn't come across that way because I am confident and I can stand up and say that I'm confident and Uh, I'm very aligned in my values but at the same time there's this part of me that has like this consistent background dialogue of what's that person saying about me what what do they think and with everything that I do so it's really interesting sitting with that without any distractions to avoid it and so there was a lot of work that I did through that I thought I would cry more I cried maybe once or twice during the silence and then cried at the end. So when we finished, we sat in a beautiful circle and we got, had the opportunity to share. That was how we broke the silence. And you didn't have to share, but there was no fucking way that I was going to sit there in silence. So I was like, I want to share. I love sharing. And I didn't expect to cry when I shared. And I didn't cry that much, but I was holding, holding back the tears, you know, I felt a huge wave of emotion. And then when others were sharing and crying and, you know, you have no idea what's going on in the minds of others, even though we knew we were all there on this ride together when they were sharing, it was just like, wow, you know, I had no idea that this was going on for you. Like I thought you had it all together and really on the inside, it was all falling apart and it was beautiful to have those conversations at the end i think that was almost one of the most powerful thing things was that final circle the closing circle and sharing experiences and recognizing that even when you feel alone you're not alone and also being able to connect feeling so connected to this group of people whom I didn't even remember any of their names. You know, we sat in circle to start and we shared our names, but fucked if I'm going to remember 20 people's names after four days of silence and not hearing them again. So I had about three names in my head and I couldn't remember anyone else's, but I still felt such a deep sense of connection to each and every one of them. We'd been on this journey together and nothing can take that away. You know and they did take a photo right at the end before we all left which was super cool because looking back at that photo just gives me goosebumps and I'm looking forward to going again at some point in future and maybe bumping into some of those people because it's not like you know if I go if I went on a four-day retreat I would have connected you know verbally and sat down and had conversations with people and then we probably would have been connected through socials and chatting way after that. But this retreat wasn't like that, which was strange for me. You know, I'm, I am a connections, my highest value, but it was cool to be able to just have that connection and know that it's there, but not add any attachment to it, not add any pressure to it was no pressure to get to know people there was no pressure to be a certain way it was just connecting in a different way and that was a challenge but also really refreshing it was really refreshing you know it does take energy and effort to have conversations with people and none of that energy or effort was expended in that time so that was something I actually really enjoyed there were a few times that I slipped up. <laughs> I'm going to admit this. So obviously you're not meant to talk for the whole time. And I did. Now, twice, it was a total accident. When I found these beautiful magic rocks in a circle, I was like, oh, I was so elated. And I <laughs> I looked up and there was someone sitting on top of one of the rocks and I had no idea that she was there and I'd been like singing away to myself or not singing but like humming and you know just excited to have found this spot and behaving a bit erratically and then I realized she was there and it gave me a fright and so I looked at her and as soon as I looked at her without thinking I said oh hello and then I went ah shit. because I realized I'd spoken and she was also from the silent retreat. So then I beat myself up going, Oh my God, she knows I just talked and I just broke the silence. And So that was, you know, something to work through for the next two hours. But so that happened. And I, I realized in that moment, how sometimes fear does speak before our brain gets into it. I have always thought and taught that our thoughts come before our emotions. But in that moment, the fear got into my body and spoke before I had a chance to think I'm not supposed to be speaking. I don't know if that makes sense. Like usually you think before you speak, right? And when people say, Oh, I didn't think I'm like, bullshit. You have to think before you speak, but actually sometimes the fear speaks before you. So that was an interesting experience. And that happened another time as well where, cause people, when people are silent, they're really quiet and everyone's moving around slowly. So it happened another time as well where someone kind of snuck up on me not on purpose but they were just there and i was like oh hello and then went ah wasn't supposed to say hello and the other time i broke the silence was actually on purpose because on the saturday we were midway through our yoga and one of the other attendees who was from denmark he got up and left and it was we were told he was leaving because there was a watching act and his wife wanted him to come and leave because they may have to leave their house like they may be fighting for their house um, or getting out and so i started worrying that my husband would be worrying because we're also from down here and um you know just up the road everyone's getting evacuated from this town and I even, when I came back from retreat, I had messages from people going, oh, I'm assuming your retreat's over then because of the fires in, in Denmark. Well, no, we were still there. And obviously we didn't get burnt to a crisp. And uh, actually the the guy that owns the cove where we were, he was brilliant. He came and gave us a few updates and, you know, alleviated our concerns. But I have an ex-client who lives literally just up the road from the cove and they evacuated. So interesting. I didn't know that at the time, obviously. So I did on the Saturday, just give him a call and say, look, I'm just letting, you know, we're getting updates and we are okay. And then again, you know, for a few hours after that, beating myself up about it because he was not even worried. He was like, oh yeah, you'll be right. And I'm like, oh, fine. Okay. Uh, He had the Cove's number, so he could have contacted me if he wanted to anyway. So there were some times that I broke the silence, but like I said, it actually wasn't the silence That was the challenge. The silence was blissful. Coming back from this retreat, it was very interesting just like going into town (laughs) again with everyone wearing masks and like back to checking in. And when I say checking in, I'm talking about like, you know, your safe WA check-in on the app. So everyone knows where you are at all times and all that kind of thing. So that was almost like a, I felt like a culture shock and then conversing with people. We tried to order a coffee and we just struggled to actually get the order out. Uh, I bumped into a client and I chatted to her. And then I realized later that I was very nonverbal, which is not like me. So I just, you know, sent her another message and was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, that wasn't quite me. Um, <laughs> so it was very interesting coming out of it and then coming home and still reintegrating. So I'm recording this two days after returning. And as I said, like I've had conversations with my daughter about pulling me up for when I'm on my phone and I'm actively looking at what I can do to integrate this slow pace, the silence, the yin. So the yin being the feminine, the flow the space, more of that into my life, because I I knew already how important that was. I already knew that. But sometimes it takes those intense experiences to really solidify just how important it is. And so I know I'll do this again because I live in this world. I live in you live in this world. We live in this world of busyness, of chaos, of uncertainty right now, of doing, and I can see the benefits of resetting the being. And when we just be instead of do, I just feel alive. I mean, we are human beings. I know that's a quote from somewhere. We're human beings, not human doings. But all we're doing is doing. And I learned so much about. Well, I knew how important it was, but I learned more deeply how important it is to to just be. It's been a long time since I've just been. I was reflecting on it while I was there. And, you know, I traveled the world when I was between 19 and 21 before there were smartphones. So I backpacked staying in places that were, you know, a dollar, a US dollar a night, uh, without a smartphone, paper maps, paper, lonely planet guides. And there were so many times where I just got to be, I mean, of course this was pre kids as well. So pre kids, pre smartphones, God, I feel old when I say this, like back in the day, but I remember, you know, being in the rainforest in Thailand and just being and just being elated. And I had that again. So even in this crazy world, we can do that. We can find space for that. But I believe it's coming from a place of creating that space because we no longer live in that world where we can just travel to Thailand, first of all. We can't do that. But (laughs) we don't live in this world where we can escape as easily as what we were able to from the noise. So it's about creating and intentionally creating that space. I'm going to finish this podcast off by bringing this back to business because obviously conversations with the real MG, this podcast is now about my life and business experience. Coming back to my business after those four days, I feel so refreshed, alive, and aligned with what I'm doing. And I feel like I can make decisions really clearly. Because if it's a decision to just distract me, or if it's a decision that's not in line with my overall vision, it's an easy no now. Because I know what having space and time creates, it creates fucking magic. So, in summary, <laughs> I guess I have put it into words, this experience. I've put it into words in the best way that I can. And once again, this podcast has been completely unplanned. I don't even have my journal in front of me from The Silent Retreat. I haven't even read through it since I returned. In summary, take from this whatever you want to take. But what I would love for you to do is take a screenshot, share this on your socials and share with me your biggest takeaway from this. What did you learn or what questions do you have? Or what is it that you desire to do after listening to this podcast? Because I would really love to hear from you. I will be back soon with probably a little bit more upbeat, I will start with a song. I've already been thinking of songs. I can start my potty with, but this one was that perfect time, that perfect opportunity to just take it down a notch. That's it from me. See you back here soon. Peace out. I'm MG.